good. Acts chapter 2, a powerful word today that I believe God wants to speak into our lives. Look at verse number 40. It says, with many other words, Peter testified and exhorted the people and said, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word, they were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to the kingdom. Hallelujah. Verse 42, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Somebody say fellowship. They continued in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of the bread and in prayers. Father, thank you for, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your love. We are reminded this morning of just how vast your love is, how great your love is, how far-reaching your love is. You loved us enough, God, to send your Son so that those of us who believe would be saved. You love us enough, Jesus, to continually intercede for us, to hear us when we cry, to answer when we call. We pray that today, because of your love and out of your love, you might speak to us through your word. We pray it in Jesus' strong name. Amen. Peter had just finished preaching immediately after he was filled with the Holy Spirit and received power from God. And the people responded. Peter did his part, and God did his part, and the people responded. Can you imagine that formula? God being God and us doing our part, filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's a powerful combination right here. People responded, and people will still respond. Let me tell you something today. They will still respond if we will do our part, believing God to do his part. That's what happened. Peter preached. They were all confused. What just went on, what just went on, they were baptized with the Holy Spirit, and they started speaking with other tongues. So the people wondered, what's going on? So Peter preaches this message, this sermon to them, and the people actually received it. Can you imagine? I think sometimes we're afraid to preach or proclaim, to tell, because we think, what if they won't receive it? What if they reject it? What if they make fun? And, and our list of reasons why we might not do it go on. But how about this? What if they receive what you are saying? And I believe they will. I believe that the Holy Spirit can, can turn the soil of the heart, can turn the soil of the soul, and can make men and women and students ready to receive what you might say. And just as they received the word then, they will receive the word now. He just finished preaching. The people asked, what do we need to do? What do we need to do? Peter said, repent, be baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 37. It won't come up on your screen, so keep your, keep your Bible open there. When they heard this, verse, seven, verse, verse 37, they were cut to the heart, and they asked Peter, 
Men and brethren, what shall we do? I like this formula that Peter laid out. Repent, be baptized, receive the Holy Spirit. I believe it's steps that still work today. It starts with repentance. Repent from what? Repent from sin. John the Baptist, this is what he was known for. Repent. He preached repentance, trying to prepare a way for the Messiah. Repent from sin. We still need to declare repentance. We need to let people know that the path to forgiveness is through repentance. Repent is to turn from, to walk away from, to stop doing. Not just to say, I'm sorry, and then stay right in the sin, knowing that God forgives, and so I'm going to do it again, knowing God will forgive me again. No, 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 no. Don't ever abuse grace. Actually, that's to confuse grace, if you ask me. Because when we repent, we turn from sin. And it's time for us, folks, to not allow the world to determine what is right and what is wrong. We go by God's Word and what God's Word declares to be right and what God's Word declares to be wrong. And this is how we live our life. Our society and our world is trying to change uh, the rules, change the regulations, change our laws, in fact, to fit what they think is right. But what they think is right is contrary to what God's Word thinks is right. Peter said to the people that day, repent from wrong, repent from your sin. Then he said to be baptized. We're going to do that today. I love baptizing people. We did this at the beach the very first time last year. And it was such a thrill for me and the other pastors who were able to baptize that day. But let me tell you something. Repentance is the first step. If you just want to be baptized, some people think baptism equates salvation. And so they want to be baptized because they think that means they're saved. Well, being baptized does not save you. In fact, I won't baptize anybody, nor will any of the pastors on staff here, unless we are certain that you have already accepted Jesus Christ and you understand what you're doing. And so we have a class. Pastor Dave teaches this class, and it lets everybody understand what's going on. But it is a pattern that is laid out in Scripture. Jesus was baptized. Those who followed Jesus were baptized. Peter is telling people what they should do once they hear the proclamation of the Word of God. You should repent. You should be baptized. And so I believe that on today, in 2014, we too should be baptized. Those of us who have decided to follow Christ and those of us who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've not been baptized, you can still do it today. Just see Pastor Dave and Elliot, and they will bring you up to speed, and we will get you baptized right there in the ocean. And if not, please join. Please join us. It's going to be great. It's also our annual picnic. 
So we would love to have you bring the side dish that fits the last letter of your, of your name, whatever that is, and uh, just come and join us. We're going to have a really great time. Repent, be baptized, receive the Holy Spirit. Let's not leave that out. I need power. You need power. And God gives us the power. It says that you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be my witness. That happened on the day of Pentecost, and it still happens today. And the result of this was 3,000 souls were added to the church. 3,000 souls added to the church. How many believe that God wants La Palma Christian Center to grow? Are you happy right where you are? Us four and no more? Because that's... I'm not happy there. I believe every healthy living organism should grow. And that's what I want La Palma Christian Center to be, a healthy living organism. And so we should be growing. I'm not after mega church status. Don't misunderstand me. More people mean more headaches. But I'm certainly willing, with the help of God, to make more room for people. Because I do believe that God wants us to grow today, just as the early church grew. The early church experienced exponential growth, explosive growth. There are a few reasons for the growth. They had good doctrine. There was Bible reading and Bible study. Look at verse number 42. Another reason for the growth, prayer time. Prayer was a priority, as it should be for you, as it should be for me. We should make prayer a priority, and as we pray, I believe we will grow. Why did the early church grow? They feared the Lord, verse number 43. When I say they feared the Lord, I'm not saying they were afraid of the Lord as much as there was an awe, a reverence, and a respect for God. This is what I'm speaking of. This is what the Bible actually is speaking of when it talks about the fear of God. Where has the awe gone? Where has the respect gone? Where is the reverence in the body of Christ and in the church today? God refresh the fear of the Lord in the body of Christ. We need to still have that awe. We still need to have that reverence and that respect of God and for God, and I believe this is part of the reason why the early church grew. If we will fear God, we'll never need to fear anything else. Why did the early church grow, and how might we grow today? Signs and wonders. Verse number 43, another reason for growth, signs and wonders. We're talking about miraculous things happening. As the early church would dare to pray, dare to ask, and dare to believe for blind eyes to open, let's say, for deaf ears to unstop, 
for those who are lame to get, gain strength in their legs and in their limbs and begin to walk. Hallelujah. The church grew because, well, people are curious. People want to see that. How many would like to see God open somebody's blind eyes right here in this room? How many would like to see God raise somebody up out of a wheelchair right here in this room? Hey, hallelujah. Vicki's lifting her hand. She's wheeled in in a wheelchair. I believe it could happen. I have nothing to gain and nothing to lose by believing and asking. It's all God. God is the healer. Let me just preach this for a minute. God is the healer. I'm not the healer. Our pastors aren't the healers. Our elders aren't the healer. The, the healing isn't necessarily in the oil, but it's in touching and agreeing and asking the almighty God to do what we cannot do perform signs and wonders right here in our midst hallelujah you think a church won't grow people won't find out about this and want to come just because they're curious just because the nosy even maybe I don't know it doesn't even matter we just want to dare to believe that God would do astounding things in our midst Signs and wonders happen, and it caused the church to grow. That's why I'll never stop asking God to heal. We call for prayer every week in this place. Do you need prayer? Come and let us pray with you. No matter how big it is, no matter how small it might seem to somebody else, we just want to agree in prayer and believe God to do amazing things. Another reason for their growth, another reason for our growth generosity and unity we see that in verse number 44 generosity and unity they were all in one accord they shared everything they have that's going to go against your your very human nature because even as a small child, we get the rattle and we keep the rattle. We get the toys and we keep the toys. And if we don't have them, we'll go take them from another child. And we have that in our, in our mentality and in our spirit all of our lives. So it will go against your human nature. But I don't go by my human nature anymore. I go by the spirit man. The old has died. Behold, all things are made new. Hallelujah. It's a new man with a new nature. Hallelujah. It's the new and improved me. That's what we're going to see today as they go down in the water and they come back up out of the water. KK, I can hardly wait to get into the ocean and watch you go down signifying the old you that used to be and now you come up and you're a new person. I've watched you over these last several years as you've grafted into our family and I see God shaping you and molding you and making you into a wonderful woman of God. Hallelujah. It's the old person is gone and it's a new somebody that is generous and united and the church grows because of this. I believe it could grow today. Praise is another reason for growth. They praise God. I'm just telling you everywhere they praise God. They praise God in the, in the sanctuary. They praise God in the homes. They met in the temple and they met in the homes. It's still a good pattern for us to follow today. You're here today because in part you're following this pattern. You're meeting in the house of God, in the temple, in the sanctuary. And what have we done? Thank you, by the way, Claudia and team. 
We never missed a beat. Pastor Moses is taking some time away. He's on vacation. We just went right on praising God. We went right on worshiping God. Didn't drop a beat. Didn't miss a beat. Amen. Amen. Gathering in God's house to give God praise. This is why part of the reason I've listed a a few things as to why I think the early church grew and how I think we can grow today. But there's just one that I want to focus on for the rest of our time here today. It's fellowship. Come on, say it again. Say fellowship. Fellowship is an essential element necessary to grow a church. And it's all the fellows in the ship. We're sailing. These last several weeks we have set sail. We're in a series and we've boarded a variety of ships, leadership, discipleship, mentorship, stewardship, and now here we are. Fellowship. Fellowship. When I speak of fellowship today, I'm not talking about potluck dinners with amazing potato salad and blow-your-mind deviled eggs. You know, we have these potlucks, and you just go, oh, I hope so-and-so brings this, you know. (laughs) I hope Marlene Koschava brings her, what do you call it, Robert Redford dessert? or The banana split dessert. Karen's favorite. And she's so generous, she's so thoughtful, she'll make half of it with nuts for Karen, And she'll make half of it without nuts because of my diverticulitis history that I've been, you know, believing God to heal me of. Amen. So thoughtful, though, even when she's making a dessert to give to somebody. Anyway, we have these potlucks and we go, oh, I hope so-and-so brings this. I'm not talking about that kind of fellowship today. Although I really chased that rabbit down, my stomach's starting to growl a little bit. (laughs) Stay focused here. Fellowship sharing fellowship unity fellowship close association partnership I said in the first service We might have to do a part two of this sale because I found a lot of other ships we could board. Partnership might be one. Make a note of that, Pastor Dave, for next year. Partnership, wouldn't that be good? Fellowship. Participation. A a community, a society. We're doing life together, guys, folks. This is what I'm speaking of. Fellowship offers a wonderful opportunity for us to be fulfilled, but also to fulfill. I think there are two things that happen, that should happen, when fellowship is occurring right. We should be fulfilled, but we also should fulfill. In other words, Judy, it's not just about us receiving, it's about us giving. Judy's a giver. She brought me a little something. I just glanced, oh, that was from you? Thank you. I don't even know what it is yet. Thought of her pastor today. Thank you. 
See, fellowship offers this opportunity for us to be fulfilled, but also for us to fulfill. See, you're a vessel. Vessels should be filled, and vessels should be spilled. Right? Why does God bless us? Come on, somebody. We are blessed so we can bless. God blesses us so we can bless somebody else. We are filled. We're a vessel to be filled. We're a vessel to be spilled. In preparing for this message this morning, I found that there are over 30 one another scriptures in the Word of God. More than 30 times we are commanded with this one and other mentality. I want to highlight four of them today that I believe can be accomplished through fellowship. First of all, the Scripture tells us we're to love one another. John 13, verse 34, Jesus speaking, and he says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Three times in two verses, Jesus says, love one another. Some things that you need to be aware of concerning this type of love. First of all, it's a directive from God. This is not a suggestion from God, church. This is a directive. Jesus said a new what? Commandment. This is a commandment from God. We are commanded by God to love one another. And not only is it a commandment, we also find in Matthew chapter 22 that it is the greatest commandment ever given. Some folks were asking Jesus, what's the greatest commandment ever given? And what did Jesus say? Let me quiz your Bible, your, your Bible learning, your, your Sunday school upbringing. What did Jesus say the greatest commandment was? Come on, who's telling me over here? Stand up and tell me. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. That's what it says. What's verse 2 say? He said, oh, before you go, before you get too far from me, let me tell you the second verse to this song. Not only are we to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, but we are to love our neighbor like we love ourselves. Come on. And I know I've said this before, but it bears repeating, we love ourselves. We do. We pamper ourselves. We primp in the mirror at ourselves. Pastor Dave was looking in the mirror as he combed his hair this morning. What do you, just buff it? That's what I do, just... I'll make sure to get a good shine on it when the lights hit it right there. A new commandment, Jesus said. It's the greatest commandment. We're to love one another 
Why is it new, I wondered. The Old Testament clearly talks of, of love, loving others. Jesus said a new commandment. I, I thought it's because Jesus said to love others as he has loved us. That's with total abandon. That is unselfish. You see, we don't love other people because they love us. Even that's difficult at times. We don't love because somebody did something for us. We have all of these guidelines and rules and hoops for people to jump through, and then we'll love them. Can't, it can't be like that. We're to love others as Christ loved us and gave himself for us. When we do this, the Scripture tells us this is how other people will know that we're the disciples of Jesus because we love one another. It won't always make sense. It won't always be easy. I promise you that. But because we are directed to love, we should love. Amen? But still, we're not mandated to love. We have a decision to make. Not only is love a directive, love is a decision. Yes, the commandment has been given, but notice... John 13, 35, by this all will know that you are my disciples if, somebody say if, <laughs> if you love one another. This suggests not all will, and certainly not all do. Even in the church, sadly, even among believers, not all love. Some decide the hurt is too, too big, it's, it's too deep, I was wronged too much, I, I can't do that. Decide today. Make a decision to love. Because love isn't just a matter of cherubs circling around your head with the bow and arrow. They left a long time, long time ago. You know, you, you fall in love. I, you know, we're celebrating 25 years. Uh, unbelievable, really. And yes, we would love for you all to come. Um, we, we debated on whether we would even do this. You know, we went to, we went to Europe, for crying out loud, so that was going to be enough. Um, but we did kind of want to do this all along, so we thought, well, we'll make it intimate. But the, the deciding factor came when we found that the minister who married us is actually going to be here to remarry us. And it's on this Saturday at 4. I know it's last minute. If you can't make it, we understand. But if you could come, we'd love to have you witness us renewing our vows. And uh, if you sign up, we'll know how much food to provide. You, just, you don't have to bring food for this one. We want you to bring food for the baptism. But for this, you just come. And come hungry and, and uh, yeah, celebrate with us. It's really great. But see, love is not a matter of my feelings anymore, Karen. Um, I like when, when I, I still feel uh, this love, but the feelings just, 
You know, our feelings come and go for all, all sorts of things, don't they? It's a decision that I made that no matter what, I love you. I love you above every other human on this earth. The only one that I love more is Jesus Christ. But you are right under Jesus as far as my love. And I want to say that. I think I need to say that. We need to say this. It's a decision that I made, which leads me to this declaration. I declare, see, we are going to declare. Thirdly, love is a declaration. Okay. We need, if you really love someone, you've decided to love others. We're commanded to love. We're directed to love. We've made up our mind, I'm going to love, even if it's hard, even if it's difficult. Then we must declare it. Don't assume that somebody knows that you love them. Love should be shown. If you love someone, you show your love for them. You do things for people that need something done. You lend a helping hand to someone because you love. It should be shown, but it should be said. Men, let me have your attention for about 30 seconds. I say men because most women don't have an issue with actually saying love and, and all the, you know, all that. All that feel-good stuff. But it's hard for men sometimes. But I want you to take a deep breath and I want you to say this. I, come on, not just three men. I want all the men. <laughs> Boy, you are making my point so easy this morning. Men say, I, I love, love you. you. It didn't feel too bad, did it? It's hard to get it out sometimes. Well, I provide for her. I provide for them. I do with them, you know. That's showing it, and that's, that's good. But I think we ought to say it. We need to say it. Let's all say it, men and women, everybody. Let's just say this. I, I love, love you. you. Now I want you to look at somebody and tell them. I, I love, love you. you. That felt so good. Tell one more person. Come on, tell one more person. Come on, tell somebody. I love, I love you. There's nothing wrong with saying it. We need to declare it. We need to show it, and we need to say it. There's just something. Te amo. Yeah, I like it. And all the Latinos in the house said, Te amo. Doesn't matter. How do you say it in Nigerian? How do you say it in Nigerian? Say it again. Okay, how do you say it in Filipino? No, I love it. I love it. I just can't repeat it. Filipino? Okay, I like that too. Any other languages we got represented here today? Anybody else? How do we say it? Just say it. We're commanded, look, 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 we're commanded to love one another. It's a directive, it's a decision, it's a declaration.
Japanese, go ahead, let's hear it. I love you. <laughs> we're to love one another. Secondly, we're to encourage one another. Hebrews 3.13, encourage one another daily as long as as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. In other words, we're on duty to encourage someone. If we love someone, it just makes sense that we would want to help someone. We would want to encourage someone. Hebrews 10, 24 says, let us consider how we may spur one another or encourage one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. How many believe the day is approaching? And what we're talking about here is the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you still believe in the rapture of the church? Do you still believe that a trumpet is going to sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and those of us who are alive and remain, we shall be caught up in the air with them and so we will be with the Lord forever? Does anybody still believe that? Then we need to get together and encourage one another all the more as you see the end coming, as you see the Lord's return approaching. You can just turn on the news. You can just flip through the newspaper and you will see the signs of the times. Keep this in mind when it comes to encouraging one another. So many people are discouraged. So many. It would probably blow our minds if we were able to, to see somehow the unseen even in this room. Now hopefully, probably, discouragement has lifted because of the Word of God, because of the atmosphere of praise and worship. You feel better. But I would dare say there were plenty of people that got up today with some bit of discouragement. And why not? We have an enemy who never stops. What's he trying to do? He's trying to discourage us. Well, that's just the starting point of what he's trying to do. Discouragement's the starting point. He's actually trying to, to kill, he's trying to destroy. And he starts with a little seed of discouragement. So many are discouraged. Our society discourages us. The world, we're bombarded with this allure and this draw, this worldly draw. Our entertainment, our, 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 our TV, our media, billboards, magazines, the people we work with, all of that can be very discouraging. One of the worst sources of discouragement comes from people 
You ever had somebody say something that discouraged you? People's actions, people's words, maybe what they didn't do or what they didn't say sometimes will discourage you. You ever been overlooked on your birthday? I don't care how old you get. Still hurts a little bit if nobody thinks to say, hey, happy birthday. All, all kinds of things and circumstances can cause the discouragement. Sometimes it's just my own head rattling around. I can discourage myself. I mean, really. I start thinking things and overthinking things, and before I know it, I'm discouraged. You never know what somebody's going through, church. I want you to hear this today. We never know what somebody has carried into a room. It was strange, the emotion that came over me when I learned that Robin Williams had committed suicide. I mean, lots of, lots of actors and, and, and celebrities, you know, they, they die. Lauren Bacall died, and that didn't do anything for me, you know. But it, it was a very strange feeling. I told Karen, I said, it felt like I knew him. Felt like somebody that I knew died. Anybody have a strange reaction to learning of his death? It was a little strange, wasn't it? We watched Aladdin yesterday, and I teared up twice. I really did. But here's someone, I mean, a mega celebrity, really. You'd just think he had everything. Fame and fortune and... But discouraged, depressed. I wonder if anybody tried to reach out to Robin Williams to encourage him. You don't know, do you? But I know there are people in my life and there will be people in your life that God is actually counting on us. I believe he's posting us at positions where we can encourage them so that they don't fall into sin's disillusionment. Isn't that what Hebrews 3.13? Bring it back up one more time for me. Hebrews 3.13, yeah, yeah, hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So we're kind of on guard. We're on duty, making sure that nobody gets off track. Many are discouraged. Many need encouraged. Very simple. They need to be encouraged. One more time, 3.13. Look, it says daily. Daily. Some people need daily encouragement. Don't think that you put a little Band-Aid on something and, you know, it might, it might work for a little cut on your finger. Some people, they need triage care, right? And it's, it's ongoing encouragement. Otherwise, the enemy comes in. And we have to be on duty. It said in 1025 or 24, bring that up for me. Yeah, 24. 
Let us consider how we may spur one another on. I'll tell you what came to my mind when I read this. I saw a cowboy with his boots on, up on his horse, trying to encourage his horse on the path that he wanted the horse on. How does a cowboy do that? Uh-huh. With his spurs on his boots. We were watching our we were watching our 20, we were watching our, our, our wedding video 25 years later. Just uh, I was so young. Karen was so young. I had hair, yeah. I had a mustache. Pretty serious mustache going on right there. I saw my, my sister was on the side here, my, one of my older sisters, Dawn Ann. You all met her, but it's been a while. Dawn Ann. And Karen said something about, yeah, and Dawn Ann, uh, their gift to us was a color TV. Big floor model, you know, that console, you know what? It, they gave us that 25 years ago. We used it forever. But I remember going to pick up this TV. And we went over to Don Ann's house. Now, Don Ann, she, um, she won't mind me saying this because it's just part of her testimony now, but she was the black sheep of our family, clearly. She, she was rebellious before it was in vogue, you know. And her choices got her into a lot of trouble. And by the time Karen and I were married, she had married a, a, a man that, um, well, he was one of the top drug dealers in the Terre Haute area. Truth. All right, go ahead. Terre Haute. Got to give my shout out to my hometown. So we, you know, that breaks your heart. We begin to pray for Don Ann. God reach her. God touch her. God save her. Went to pick up this TV, and you know the Holy Spirit had just orchestrated the evening, and by the time we left, my younger sister had challenged Don Ann, and it was just right. And Don Ann gave her heart to the Lord that night, the night that we picked up our, our gift from her, and she was, she was gloriously saved that day, 25 years ago, yeah. Pretty powerful, pretty amazing. But you know, the enemy... He will come in and try to steal away the seeds that are planted, won't he? Didn't take him long to try to do this. And a few weeks had gone by. I don't know exactly the amount of time, but I do remember calling Don Ann, and I knew immediately something's off. She's not on track. She's off track. And I said, what's, what's going on? Are you okay? She's like, oh, yeah, I'm just, I just, I'm tired. I said, well, I'm coming over. She said, no, 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 it's not a good time. I said, no, I didn't ask you if I could come over. I'm telling you I'm coming over. And I put my boots on with my spurs. And I went over to her house. And I'm telling you, we routed out the enemy out of her home and out of her life. And I said, I'm, I've invested too much in, in you to let you get sidetracked. You're going to get back on track, and you are going to live this life for Christ. I had to spur her on and encourage her to get back on track. She told me later, she said, Devil, you better get out of here because he means business. <laughs> and I did. 
I, but I had to encourage her, but it wasn't just a little pat on the back. It was about going and, and taking by force, see? Encourage. Spur one another on. Bring that verse 24 of, ch of chapter 10 in Hebrews. Bring it back up one more time. Let us consider how we might do this. We've got to be thinking of ways to encourage somebody. If we're to do it daily, then we need to be thinking about how this can be done. Send a card to somebody out of the blue. Bring a gift to somebody. I've had two gifts given to me today. Two. One in the first service, one in this service. Blows my mind. Somebody encouraging me. You'll never know. You'll never know how much that means to somebody. Pick up the phone and call. Can you imagine actually calling somebody in the day in which we live? Not much of that goes on anymore, does it? We're a texting society. Well, I don't want to throw that out either. There's some good that can be happening through a text, through social media, in message someone. I remember I was at the doctor's office a number of years ago getting ready to have a serious exam, and somebody texts me. Matt Lambert, in fact. Hey, Pastor, you just came on my heart, and I was praying for you. just thought I'd let you know I love you, something like that. And I mean, the timing of it was so crucial and critical. I, I'll never forget it, Matt. He was just thinking about his pastor. You know, we can do this all over the church. The Holy Spirit wants to put people on our hearts and on our minds so we can encourage them. We're commanded to do this. We're not just commanded to love one another. I believe we are mandated and directed to encourage somebody. And when we encourage them, we are helping them to actually become what God wants them to be. If we just stand by and go, boy, that devil's having his way with them. What a shame. When we could have been the hands of Jesus, we could have been the feet of Jesus, we could speak the words of Jesus and actually get down and help somebody to get back up that's been discouraged. Are you ready to encourage someone? And our life groups, let me tell you something. Our life groups are a wonderful, wonderful place. They provide this amazing platform for you to fulfill this directive. And as you fulfill it, you will be fulfilled. Remember, two things happen in fellowship. We are fulfilled and we are able to fulfill. How are you going to encourage others? Join a life group. Start doing life with a group of about 12 people per semester, 12 to 15 people. You will know them. You'll know their struggles because you pray for them every time you meet, right? You'll have an update on what's going on in their life. This is how we can accomplish encouraging one another. We're to love one another. We're to encourage one another. You might want to buckle your seatbelt on this one. Number three, oh yes, I had to go there. <laughs> Forgive one another. Well, that's what the Bible says, isn't it? Isn't that what the Bible says? Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 32. 
be kind, be compassionate to one another, and forgive one another just as in Christ God forgave you. Aren't you glad today that God has forgiven you of all your wrong and all your mistakes and all your failures and every sinful thing you've ever done? God has forgiven us through Christ Jesus. Aren't you glad about that today? Well, if you really are, then you've got to forgive other people. And if you want the continued flow of forgiveness to come from God, we must let it flow out of us too. We have to forgive one another. Again, this is a mandate of God. Keep this in mind. We live in a sin-sick world. The enemy is always at work. We're sinners saved by grace and prone to do wrong. Keep this in mind. Some people rub you the wrong way. Can you think of somebody that rubs you the wrong way? Don't look around. Don't look around. Just look straight up. <laughs> straight forward. Just because we're saved doesn't mean we're fully sanctified. <laughs> We're still a work in progress, right? Sometimes people say things that get your goat and push your button and make you mad. When it comes to forgiving one another, there are two disciplines that I think will help you. Forgive quickly. Forgive quickly. You know, the Bible says don't let the sun go down on your wrath, on your anger. We, we're going to get angry. But to hold unforgiveness, to hold on to anger, is detrimental. It will stunt your spiritual growth and your usefulness, your effectiveness. It just keeps you stuck. Some people refuse to forgive because... The event was so grand. This is not minimizing your hurt and what might have happened that should never have happened. Sexual abuse, physical abuse, it's wrong. But don't stay stuck somewhere. My God, somebody's being ministered to right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. You're about to be free. Hallelujah. Somebody, right now, God is freeing you. But just as love is a choice, so is forgiveness. Do it quickly. Refuse to be held captive. Some people hold on to unforgiveness, and the person is dead and buried. Forgive quickly, forgive often. Because there'll be somebody else come along and say something wrong. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's life. Remember, we're not in heaven yet. When we get to heaven, we won't have to forgive. There, there's no need, there's no sin. 
We're still on earth. We're still prone to mistakes. Forgive quickly. I'm going to call and I'm going to set the record straight. Sometimes you have to own things whether you started something or not, whether it was your fault or not. Take the high road. Take the high road, right? That's what I'm trying to teach my kids. Take the high road. Don't debate if it's deserved or not. Forgive quickly, forgive often. Develop, it's a lifestyle, really, of forgiveness. You just never go wrong forgiving. And it will blow people's minds. How can you do that? Gail, I know you just walked in. I'm so glad you did. Because I think the life group that you and Paul lead celebrate recovery. You put tools in people's hands, and this tool is so critical of forgiveness, forgiving somebody that hurt you. Forgiving someone that took advantage of you. I want each person today to consider joining Celebrate Recovery for a semester. Or I don't know exactly how it works, but Gail does, and she'll be happy to tell you, believe me. Because it just pours out of her. It oozes out of her. She and Paul are so passionate about helping people who have hurts and hang-ups and habits and hangnails and hiccups. <laughs> Gail, we love you and Paul so much. Thank you for your passion and helping people with this particular life group. This life group is, is unique, and it's on its own, its own path, its own track, but I would encourage you to prayerfully consider maybe this is the life group for you this particular semester. Just one more thing, and Butler, I want you to come. We're to love one another, we're to encourage one another, we're to forgive one another, and we're to serve one another. Galatians 5.13. You've been called to liberty. Only don't use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. We're to serve the Lord with gladness. And we can't just say, I serve God. We can't say, I serve God and never serve a human being. It just doesn't work that way. We serve God by serving others. Jesus came to serve, not to be served. How many want to be like Jesus? Of course. I hope so. Then we serve. We care for others. We love others. We forgive. I want you to close your eyes as I, as I close this message today. I do believe that God wants La Palma Christian Center to grow. And I believe this element of fellowship is essential. This is why 
I'm urging you, please don't delay another day. Sign up. We will, we will launch out our life groups in September. But the group of people that you end up meeting with month after month and week after week, they'll help you become a better Christian. They'll help you to love others as God has called you to. They'll help you to encourage others, to forgive others, to serve others. All of this can be fulfilled through you, which will lead to fulfillment in you. Father, I just pray, God, that even today you would, you would lead us, you would direct us, we want to grow as a church. We, we look and see how the, the early church had exponential and explosive growth. God, breathe on this place and on our efforts. Help us, Lord, to grow. With your head still bowed, I want to ask this question. Is your heart right with Christ? If you're here today and you would like Jesus to come in and forgive you of your sin, and you would like to follow him and ask him to be your Savior and your Lord, I want you to lift your hand and let me pray for you. If you have never done this, and yet today you know that you need Jesus. Let me pray with you. Perhaps you're here and you've gotten off track like my sister did those many years ago, and you need to get back on track, and you need to recommit your heart and your life. You could lift your hand now and let me pray for you. Thank you, thank you. Yes, amen, amen, amen. Lots of hands. Recommitting starts with repentance, asking God through Christ to forgive you of your wrong, to forgive you of your sin. Start there. Ask Him to forgive you today. Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sin and help me to live a life that would please you and that would honor you. That's really as simple as it is. And if you do this and you mean it, he hears us. Now, if you're recommitting your heart today, I want to encourage you to be baptized as soon as possible. Oh, wait a minute. There's a baptism today. I'm serious. I'm serious. My dad, you can look at me now. My dad led his brother to the Lord. His self-made multimillionaire brother who always said, I don't need God. If I need anything, I'll buy it. And he'd pull out a wad, a $1,000 wad that he kept in his pocket at all times. Always had $1,000 on him. That was just Coke money. 
Coca-Cola, Pepsi money. <laughs> that was soda money. Sorry. He, seriously, anything I need, he'd say, I buy it. But again, God had orchestrated a day, and, and my Uncle Dale was so ready on that day, he said, I'm ready, and he gave his heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. My dad said, you need to be baptized. The next step is, you need to be baptized. He said, well, what do I need to be baptized? He said, well, you need a preacher, and you need water. My dad had his preacher with him. He said, well, there's the preacher, and my lake is right behind me. Let's go get baptized right now. And I'm telling you, they went and got baptized right then on the spot. If you haven't been baptized, meet me right here at the conclusion of this and we will walk you through the steps and we'll meet you at the, we'll meet you at the beach at 4 o'clock and your life will never, ever be the same. Amen? Amen. Come here, Pastor Dave. Aren't you glad you came to the house of God today and heard the Word of God today? Everybody go ahead and stand this morning. I encourage you all to be there at 4 o'clock. It's going to be a great day celebrating those who are being baptized. And I encourage you to be one of those if you have not yet been baptized. So, Father, we just come before you today just one more time. So grateful, so thankful for your presence in this place. God, I ask that you would help us to uh, apply this word of fellowship in our hearts and our lives, God, that we would see it more than just a, a potluck dinner, God, but it would be community together. God, I thank you for our life groups, and I thank you for the future of La Palma Christian Center. We commit all this to you in Jesus' name. Amen.